Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Audience Please podcast with me, host Adam. I um, actually forgot to mention it in the interview, but if you haven't already guessed or seen a uh, previous post of mine, the Audience Please podcast name comes from uh, a lyric by Future Left in a song called Mancasm. So to get uh, Andrew, better known as Falco, um, on the the podcast um, was an aim of mine from the from the beginning, so it was a real, real honour to uh, have him on, and it was re- one of my favourite interviews so far. So we talked a bit around, obviously McCluskey and the uh, recent shows that they've been doing. Um, we just come off a, a, a stint of touring in Australia. Um, we talked a bit around Future Left and. Um, also, if you haven't checked out his solo project, Christian Fitness, I highly recommend that as well. Um, like I said, it's, it was a real sort of honour to have him on the, on the podcast. I've been a long-time fan of Future Left and McCluskey, especially Future Left. I remember seeing them probably about 10 years ago uh, with Paul Piper Horses at the Portsmouth Wedge Rooms, which is my old, my old stomping ground, um, a favourite venue of mine. So yeah, it was really, really good to have him on and talk around what's going on with the band, bands at the moment and um, some of his gigging experience over, over, the, over the years that he's been touring and playing in various projects. So anyway, um, before we jump into the interview, just a quick one, uh, please do go like, share and review on all the platforms, um, really helps out. Also got some really good interviews um, and guests lined up over the next uh, couple of months so yeah keep an eye on the socials Um, still on track to do one every two weeks which even I'm surprised about at the moment after after last year uh, doing one every like month or so but um, hopefully it'll be one every two weeks so keep an eye out Um, but anyway enjoy the interview with Falco guys and uh, I'll catch you next time bye so much fucking cheese you know but so I've, instead of drinking like a beer or two every night I've just been going out and picking up all the cheese in the world and smashing it directly into my face <laughs> it's been it's been great so I've been having mad dreams are you really like really into cheese though? oh mate like you know I'm not a aficionado of yeah. I like pretty much all all of the cheese which isn't re, which isn't the super stinky blue I like all of cheese really and I'm I must possess it all when I see it. Cheese and chocolate are are dangerous for me. As much as I struggle with my um, egg and seafood allergen stroke intolerances, at least it's not cheese or cheese or chocolate. By the way, I love that I've just recorded that because I was <laughs> testing the vocal levels. <laughs> okay, that, right. that might that might be used for the, uh, right. the promo bit. Mm. Uh, are you talking about cheese? Yeah, but you know, before one <laughs> before one knows love, one must experience a pure love like cheese. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, just to be, you know, to have all your senses <laughs> flooded with something. So you know. So just to, um, I mean, I'm just going to kick it off because this is hilarious and I've not seen you for a while. Um, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Andrew Falcus. How's it going? You all it's, right? It's good. It's good. Mm. And I feel like we've glided straight into the conversation, which is why I wanted to press record. Glided. <laughs> glided. That, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Glided. So I just want to give a, a quick shout out to um, the Draft House, uh, Draft House Westbridge in Battersea. Thank you so much for having us. And I know the manager, Adam. Uh, another name, Adam. Another Adam, namesake. Yeah. Was having a bit of a, a meltdown mad, earlier. A, a madam of Adams. A madam of Adams. That's what you call a group of us. That's uh, when we madam. all flock together uh, at a gig. And um, 
So, yeah, uh, thanks to Adam. Uh, I think he was having a bit of a meltdown earlier, but thanks, mate. I'm sure you'll be listening. Um, so, yeah, I've got Mr. Andrew Falcus or Falco. Um, if you hear some crisps going on, I don't. Have you eaten dinner tonight? I haven't eaten dinner, no. No, neither have I. So, we've got three bags of crisps. So, okay. you can crunch, it's fine. I'm, yeah, I won't. I'm, yeah. I'm sure David, who edits my podcast, will have a meltdown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it but, is awful, but. But this then has more of a slice of life feel, doesn't it? A, yeah. An idea of catching up with people in the in the real, as uh, as they'd say in two thousand and four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but okay, but it is very rude. So I'm actually I'm going to finish this la- very last crisp, and we can we yeah. can continue as adults. So. Well, yeah. I mean, you're on your first point, so you're all right. So uh, I might be a bit more risky, so I might have a, a few more crisps. So. Um, yeah, how have the shows been with McCluskey Asterix um, since you've come back and you've just come off uh, the Australian tour, Australian and New Zealand tour? Which, yeah. Uh, so how's that been for you guys? Just all fantastic. I mean, you know, like shows are, a couple of shows maybe not as good as the rest, but that's not for me to publicly discuss because of because of people's <laughs> memories and stuff. You know, it's, you don't want to you don't want to shit on somebody I've done it before years ago I've definitely come off stage somebody said such an oh that was an amazing show and I've spelled out to them how it wasn't an amazing show and probably spoiled the night and so I think I did that three or four times maybe very early on before I learned learned from that behavior and now when somebody goes great show and I haven't liked it I go (laughs) (laughs) absolutely shut the door before 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 my posture and tone of voice disp- <laughs> helps, helps disabuse them of the notion, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. So, um, yeah. 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 Any highlights from uh, the Australia tour then? It, Is there it, any like, particular it, cities that have been, were great? Or? Well, it, it was all a highlight, to be quite honest. All of the shows were great. Um, all about as great as you would hope for in those particular cities. Mm. Um, you know, well attended. Melbourne especially, there's just something magic about the band in Melbourne. I don't know. I where, just don't know what it is. Where did you play in Melbourne? At a interest? place called the Corner Hotel. Okay. We played. We did two nights there, and it was just it was incredible. There's just something about 750 people is usually quite an unmanageable amount of people for a performer like me because I'm not that used to playing to crowds that big. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I pretty much know what's going on between 270 and and 500. Four, yeah. 500 yeah. But beyond that. You can't talk to a crowd of a particular size in the same kind of way. You don't have that um, intimacy, almost. Well, yeah. it, it, it's just to do... I think it's just to do with the um, amount of voices coming back at you, whereas if you're in a small room, there's maybe one guy shouting, but the, the science of when crowds get bigger, I mean, more people are... A higher percentage of people are emboldened to shout stuff out. And all that stuff kind of gets lost in a bigger auditorium, you know. So the show becomes a kind of... A, a slightly more focused thing, which has lots of strength sometimes, but sometimes also means it loses something as well. It's, it's almost like, uh, so I think every time I've been to like a comedy gig, um, it's almost like that. And the way that I know that you perform on stage, you have a lot of quote unquote banter with with, sure. the, with the crowd, and like like you say, that probably gets diluted a little bit with um, sure. a, la- a, la- a larger crowd. You well, you need to. You need to be able to judge it as a band. Yeah. You, you, you just... Some shows are going great, but they don't feel like the kind of shows where you should be talking. Yeah. And well, and some shows just lend themselves to it. There's always going to be some disagreement on that. For some people, there's going to be too much, I know, and for some people, there's not going to be enough, but it is just part of the band, and we do... A lot of the times, it's, it's in there as a bridge between the songs. Yeah. While everybody tunes and gets ready. Yeah. If not, if there wasn't that conversation, there might just be a chord ringing out or the sound of someone tuning a, uh, a sin at a gig which should be punishable by a, <laughs> a, a fucking good... You know, our tuning pedals are available. Just just buy, buy one. It mutes the guitar and you tune your guitar. There's, it's unforgivable. Mm. I've been to lots of gigs recently, some good ones where people are tuning and you're like, mate... I can think of one specific. Sorry. In the same way that you wear trousers to cover your cock, you have a you have a tuning pedal to yeah. to cover your. I can think of one, and I'm not going to name it, but I can think of one specific example of uh, 
an artist uh, who loves to tune his guitar between songs without a tuning pedal. Yeah, yeah. And it, and I, and I love said artist, mm. and I go to a lot of his gigs. Mm. But um, yeah, it's kind of grating actually. Like I like I, I do like that with Future Left, McCluskey, um, but also other bands where whether they're doing guitar changes or whatever, like filling that gap. Because also you don't want to just be left as an audience member, just stood there, just going... Stood there, yeah. I mean, some, like, sometimes it's unavoidable and the, the flow of the, the show gets gets messed with a bit. 100%, but but yeah. But the, the way that Future of the Left and uh, recently McCluskey sets are put together is to have as much, genuinely to have as much of a flow as possible. Yeah. You know, to not... Uh, hold the audience up to go straight from from one thing to another and to yeah to make sure that the audience has little breaks as well yeah you know, there, there is there is some there is some method behind it yeah, you know yeah, especially especially with the future of the left set to be honest with you because it's so it's so long i mean it really does feel like do you do you feel uh so talking about that you've just said like future left sets feel long mm-hmm. how do how does a well, they are they are literally longer for a start, oh, okay, like cool. a good twenty minutes longer. Maybe. Really? Yeah. I've never noticed that. Um, yeah. The songs are longer. Yeah. Um, the... I suppose yeah. McCluskey's more of like, I say, punkier songs, but they're like three minutes done. Yeah, yeah. Whilst so, the future well, left song can not drag out. That's the wrong word. Uh, the but future left, and, future left yeah. informed by different kind of music. It's a bit more. It's a bit weirder. It's a bit more careful. McCluskey's a bit more direct. I was I was going to ask about that. Like when when you sit down, and I know when I was going to get to this, but we'll jump to it now. But uh, like when you sit down and write a song, because obviously a lot of the songwriting is done by you. How do you how do you differentiate between what's a McCluskey song and what's a Future Left song? Because you've got songs like Arming a Matreya. Yeah. Well, uh, Arming Arming a Matreya, which. If it was a McCluskey song, everyone would be like, "Oh, it's a McCluskey song." No, I just it, it um, it's where the songs are written. Like all of the band songs, with two exceptions I can ever think of, were written in rehearsal rooms. Okay. Um, in that moment, whereas if I write a song at home, it's a Christian Fitness song. Okay, cool. It's just the way it works. There's something as well about just the it's, there's a style of vocal, um, and the style of vocal which suits the the future of the left songs. I mean, I haven't written a McCluskey song for, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 17, 18 years or something. Yeah. But uh, the future of the left songs are live songs. Yeah. And it's as simple as that, really. So it's not a question of, oh, I've written a song, what do I do with it? Yeah. It's like, by virtue of where I was sat when I was writing the song dictates who the song is for. Ah, so okay, cool. Just, that's just the way it works. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That, uh, that's really cool. Um, so going back to, I suppose, McCluskey and... The well, McCluskey asterisks. It's not a, and I've read in a previous interview, it's not a reformation, it's the new formation of <laughs> McCluskey. You, you know what? It's a whatever people need it to be. Yeah, like it, it, it's, it's, it's not an official anything, but in a way, it's, it's, it's more than it was, and in, a, but in another way, it's less. Uh, the way I look at it is it allows us to go around playing the shows and having a good time whilst also giving us a kind of plausible deniability if people don't really like it or if they feel as if it spoils their their, their, <laughs> their nostalgic remembrance, you know? But, so you can go, yeah, but they didn't even reform, did they? It was just those cunts then did that. So I, like, I quite like that. No, no, I, I like that. And what I was going to say is what... And our favourite... And we were joking about this before. Um, what do you think... Um, and obviously he's been on the podcast before. How do you think Damien's added to McCluskey Asterix? And you can be, well, you can be as brutal as you want. Well, you, can, a, you, can, you can say whatever you want to lose. He's increased our average bench press amount. <laughs> by, um, no, that's just been, that's been great. I mean, yeah. there, there was, there's an energy there which is, you know, provided by him. And I don't mean a, like an energy on stage, like he's some kind of, Tiger, you just uncage occasionally. Well, he's ginger. But no, he's, he's like. doing. Uh, well, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know what? I hadn't. I hadn't jumped should to that we, conclusion. Should we start calling him the tiger? The uh, no. no, 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 no. No, we no. need. To, we need to invest him with less, less, less masculine animals in order, <laughs> in order, to, in order to temper rather than rather than rather than encourage it. But no, it's been it's been really fantastic, and it and it's been fantastic because it hasn't been 
a question of doing an impression. It's a question of taking, you know, that as a as a start point. Yeah. Um, because there was another very talented person who was in the band who did a thing. Yeah. And Damien's, I think, coming from a similarish tradition, but he's a little bit different. And having tried to do things in particular ways, because you want to be true to the to the stuff, but being true to the stuff also includes being true to yourself as well. Mm. You know. You don't just go on stage and do an impression of somebody singing. So, yeah, it's been great. And as a guy, great. Nice to... I mean, he's he's okay. You just... Listen, (laughs) relatively low-key rock and roll people are good. People with with edges, but who don't, you know, skin squirrels or, (laughs) or haven't got a weird, you know sex thing based on <laughs> based on some kind of uh, uh, spam manatee you know <laughs> I, I just just people who people whose main occupation in playing music is actually playing music rather than just being a weird person yeah and so definitely. you know fair play to fair play to people there's some people you meet in terms of in terms of bands I suppose in terms of lots of disciplines who are uh, obviously lifers yeah you know and I think he might contradict me. He might have a job on a cruise ship in a year and a half. I, I don't know. But some people are just lifers. So and yeah. I have I have a lot of respect for those people, even as I worry about them. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So how did, um, just build on that, like how did, how did Damien become a part of the, the, the McCluskey Asterix outfit? So obviously I, when I saw you guys play the Buffalo Bar, which I was going to get onto in a bit, uh, he was doing vocals and Julia was playing bass. Bass, yeah. So how did that sort of come about? Because I know chatting to him um, before, he, he's obviously been a long-time fan of McCluskey and it's almost like kind of dream for him to play McCluskey. But how how did your paths cross? Uh, just because my mate Matt Jarrett knew it, I said we should just get a ginger Welsh guy at St John's parts when we were, I think they were doing the Le Pub show. And he went, oh, Damien from the band. I went, oh, yeah, he could do it. And that was it. So that really? was the... I'd, I'd Have met you never him, met him before? I'd, I'd met him, uh, that I remember, very briefly, um, Arc Tangent, mm. one, one year. And what, when you played with Future Left in, yeah, in 2000? The, the earliest Arc Tangent, where it was a little bit bleak. It wasn't the second time you guys played. Uh, I think it was the first... I think it was mm. the first Arc Tangent. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the first ever Arc Tangent that yeah. we played. So seven years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? I'm pretty sure I met him then. Can't remember when we first played with um, the St. Pierre. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. I need you always... Well, so I, you, always so I always you, want to say St. Pierre, but then again... So you guys played... I, 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 I still haven't got over the Joy Formidable not being called the Joy Formidable. So, <laughs> so I remember... So, first time I saw St. Pierre was you guys, them supporting Future Left Electric Ballroom. All right. So that's three two, and a half years ago. 2016, it would have yeah, been. Yeah. yeah. So um, they supported the you The day there. that Prince uh, died, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Very well remembered. Yeah. That's a fact that I'm now going to lodge in my memory. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so, all right. We didn't cause his death, I, I think. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Your your music would make most people overdose. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, don't lord. <laughs> oh, lord. I, I do not approve that message. So, yeah. So, basically, that was a, a natural thing. Like, Matt just introduced you guys and then he just became part of Well, the yeah, thing. and then he did that. And he, I mean, he was obviously a, a nice guy and he did that well. Um, and then there was a show offered to me by my friend Ross in Newcastle, mm. and Ella was maybe five or six months old, yeah. and McCluskey wasn't with an asterisk, a, an umlaut or whatever, wasn't a thing yeah. in any viable way, but it was a decent enough offer to consider doing it. Mm. It wasn't really convenient for Julia to do it as well. It was yeah. difficult from a childcare perspective, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so we asked him if he just wanted to play bass on it, and he did. And then that was forgotten about for about another year or something. And, and then, then you did the Buffalo Bar show. Oh, um, yeah, no, the, no, that 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 show was way after the Buffalo Bar show. The, oh, okay. the original shows, the one in Newcastle, the original shows were uh, there was Le Pub, yeah, Cardiff um, Club of Hobart, and, and that was a fundraiser and for. They were both for Le Pub. 
yeah. raising like for soundproofing for it, which I believe they've subsequently taken to their new venue because the venue did end up closing down in the end. Yeah. And then one for the Buffalo Bar. And then we also did a set at 2000 Trees and mm, yeah. and uh, we did a show in the garage for yeah. uh, cancer research. Yeah. So uh, they were the only... Sh- but that was very much Future of the Left plays McCluskey. Yeah, yeah. So... With Damien. Uh, with Damien, uh, Damien yeah, doing some singing. And, yeah. you, you know, it was great and the song sounded great because mm. Julia's great and everyone's great, but that's not... Can the spirit of the band... Future of the Left is spiritually a four-piece. Mm. Even the early stuff is kind of stretching that way. Yeah. But McCluskey is a three-piece band, yeah. and it, it kind of ne- it works. Its its strengths and its weaknesses are being a three-piece band. So, whereas before, through no fault of anybody's, it was Future the Left doing McCluskey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh now, no, no. Now yeah, it's definitely. now now they are two different entities, and both are both are healthier for that. I I mean yeah. I can definitely see that as a. As a a, fan, a long time fan yeah. of both bands, and I mean, I wrote in my notes, it's it was kind of lucky that the McCluskey thing happened. Like the first time was the Buffalo Bar for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that was a that was a really fun show. Oh, yeah. that was that was insane. That was just at, well, USA Nails supporting as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, fantastic. Got, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, USA Nails for me is. As, as, good, as good a rock band as you see, you know. Do you know what? That's really nice to hear because I was talking about this on the way here with um, Tom, who we were talking about earlier, Tom Parrish. Uh, shout out to him. Um, we were talking about USA Nails and it's like everyone, it, like I think they, I've obviously interviewed them on this before, um, right. but they've come up two or three times with other bands. Yeah. And it's, really and it's just band. like, and it's just like USA Nails are like genuinely one of the most underrated bands. They are. Yeah. I will say though, watch them live, um, and feel free to edit this out if you like. No, it's fine. But I think they're a really great band, and they've got some great songs. But I don't think they've, their songs are yet as good as they are as a band. Mm. Does that you know? It's like saying, yeah. Um, it's like you know when they talk about a footballer in a particularly wanky way, and they say <laughs> he wasn't a great player, but he was a scorer of great goals. Yes. You know, which is just a way of saying. A Festino Espria or inconsistent oh, twat. Espria. You know, yeah, or yeah, inconsistent yeah. twat is what they're effect saying. But I, I think they've got some really I think they've got some really great and when you whenever I watch them live, I think that's a that's a that's a really great band, especially if the, the sound engineer is actually listening yeah. to what he's mixing. Well the first time I saw I've just had a flashback as well. The first time I saw USA Nails was they were supporting you at Heaven. Mm. Six, seven well, that ago. was the first. I mean, frankly, I, I knew Steve because Steve had played in Future of the Left before mm. Steve, who is the singer of Viewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when he asked if they could uh, open that show, just said, Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that yeah. was the first time I saw USA Nails. They were a five piece then. They were, yes. And they, they, I thought they were really good. Yeah. You know, even though they're totally different to how they are now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a really great band. Yeah, cool. Um, so just going back to the the venue, so we were talking around, um, obviously the shows you did for Buffalo Bar mm-hmm. and Lip Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you might not have an answer to this, but is there anything you, you think on a DIY scene or a, a wider sort of scale we can do better for those smaller venues uh, as fans, promoters, bands? Because we're seeing a lot of, especially in London as well, we're seeing a lot of, smaller venues shut down well like venues are closing in, venues are closing in Cardiff as well yeah um, I suppose it's, it's it, just increasingly where people direct their money isn't it I mean music it was in essence devalued in terms of I mean I never really had much of a music budget anyway because I didn't have much of a much of a budget but yeah, yeah. but there are people now who the money they, they might set aside people I was working with in the late 90s or whatever, they might spend 50 or 60 quid a, a month on CDs. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and that isn't somebody even who was a huge music fan. They're going to go out and buy f- four CDs. We'll or just go into the top 40 in Woolworths. And, yeah. Like, or, that's or, what I used to do as a kid. Like, you know, that's yeah. what... But that's what people would do. And now that part of their budget is whatever they pay for Spotify Premium. Mm. And and that's that's it, really. And that's not to decry, you know, the... 
or get upset about lack of record sales for Phil Collins or yeah. or, 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 or J Lo or, or even Blur or whatever. But it is to say that you know there's a sense that music doesn't really exist in that budget. In mm. I mean, I'm a musician who believes passionately in the fact that musicians should be remunerated for their work. Yeah. And sometimes I forget that music costs. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because it's been normalised to that degree now. It's like, oh, here's a thing. Here's our work of art, say, whether it's a television programme or whatever. Now I will consume it. I've got to pay for it. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, I have to pay for it. Of course I have to pay for it. Yeah. You know, but to have to go through those... Uh, those actual that train of thoughts is actually remarkable and I think it shows a level of conditioning well so it's interesting I I can't remember for the life of me there was something I was listening to or watching to uh, watching watching to watching to watching to <laughs> I was watching to something the other day oh, no I was listening word. to or watching the other day yeah. and they were talking around um, Netflix is the perfect example it's the same thing in the now Netflix is slightly different because the money pumped into it um, but you can literally just access it on your phone. You're on you're on the train on the way mm. to work. Oh, I'll just watch that new Netflix series, and that's how Spotify and Apple Music has become. It's so accessible, and you pay your what Spotify is eight quid a month, mm. and you can access ninety percent of the music that's out there. Not everything, ninety percent of the music that's out there, um, and you don't have to think about. Oh, I'm going to invest my time. Whereas before, you used to have to walk to walk to Woolworths. Oh, or you had to you had to crawl walk, through the yeah. crawl through the trenches. Yeah, bombs or, raining down on you yeah. to get our price, and you had to wrestle albums out of the young man stroke woman's yeah. hands. No, <laughs> but yeah, but no, there but, was. But, a, but there's a there's a different thought process because you literally is, had yeah. to walk to a record record shop, Woolworths, whatever it was you had in your local town, mm. and physically pick it up, then wait till you got home to play Yeah, it. absolutely, yeah. You couldn't just... You just didn't download it straight away. Yeah. Um, that That is a thing which, which, which does get me a bit. Sometimes... I don't because I wasn't necessarily conditioned into it from being very young. Like, the idea that yeah. you buy something and you get it straight away is still amazing i mean i don't yeah. drive so every time i get a lift <laughs> every time i get a lift i think i think i'm having space travel or something so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always intensely grateful for services provided to me that i cannot fulfill myself yeah exactly <laughs> um so we'll move on to my favorite bit of the podcast so and i hope you thought about this mate um, no i haven't i gave it no consideration you absolute bastard <laughs> um so um what have been the top three gigs or top few gigs that you've played uh over over the many years um in any form shape musically artistically etc etc well i mean bands play fantastically sometimes and if the crowd isn't right yeah. for whatever reason, include not including, uh, not exclusive to temperature or how long they've been watching bands for, the price of beer, the quality of the beer, <laughs> the quality of the food at the festival, all these different factors. Yeah. But the performance is always the intersection between the band and, and the crowd. Yeah. And if, if, if people are there and it's an event to them and they're willing to push it and make it feel special, then that's when you can have magic. You yeah. can also sometimes have magic when uh, you're just playing and you're being yourself and people fucking hate it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a different kind of magic. And it's an interesting magic. It's just not the kind of magic you'd want to spend... <laughs> a lot of your life experiencing. Yeah, definitely. It's a kind of ultimately depressing magic, which, <laughs> which will give you cancer of the face. Um, but, um, but yes, but, so the best shows aren't necessarily the shows where you've played fantastically. Yeah. Although they are sometimes those shows where the, the crowd just, just lift you over the top, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I only ever played in Croatia once. and Well, that's not true. We did a festival in Croatia, which was fine. Mm. But we played in Zagreb, which was a really interesting show in general because Mitch, who was tour managing us, told us before we got there because he'd this, been sorry, there. Was this Future Left or... Maybe? This is uh, Future of the Left. Yeah. Uh, like 2009 or something. Yeah. And we... Mitch had been there seven years or so before with 
somebody, I can't remember, and he said, listen, nobody speaks English here. It's, it's crazy. And when we got there, everybody spoke much better English than all of us. It was, it was, so for a start, we were completely wrong-footed by everybody had like crazy literal war stories. Um, the women were all arguing all the time, but seemed very happy, very happy with that. It was an amazing country and city to be in. And the show itself, before we, about 10 minutes before we were on, there were maybe six people in this venue, which yeah. held 400 people. Yeah. And we walked into the side room and just had a, we were used to having a sad Jameson just before going on <laughs> because there weren't a lot of people there. Yeah. You know, people love respectively the, the travels with myself and another um, future the left period but yeah. the reality is that n nobody came to the shows so <laughs> that, that's the reality I was, I, was, yeah. I was there at all of the shows <laughs> so, really? Yeah, you, you were present? I was there you know <laughs> and um, so we went in this back room like I say and then we we came out and the venue was packed to the to the back. It was well, so. What was the was what was the turnaround time for six people to pack? Oh, like five minutes. Really? Like the venue just like <laughs> like in a someone had just ghost busted. Yeah, reverse yeah. ghost busted a ghost in into uh, just, the, the it was crazy. of the venue. And we played and and you know it wasn't just a patronising oh oh a rock band have showed up and played. Um, lots of people knew the stuff. Yeah. And I mean, because we were the only band on that night, it's just the way they did shows or whatever. We were on at 10, 10 p.m. or whatever. And it was just, it was magical. I mean, it was just magical. There was a girl waving crutches around at the front, you know, with a broken leg. There was another guy who broke his arm at the show, but but thought that was fantastic. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was that kind of. I'm, I, again, don't want to talk about this being a, a third world country because it's not. There was just a sense of an event. Yeah, and and and, a, and people being prepared to experience it like an event rather than oh, it's another band. So it's it's it's, it's interesting you say that, and a lot of the bands that we've spoken to on this podcast, and probably will hear it many other times. Europe's always an interesting one, especially when you go to like places like France, Belgium, like, and you go to a small town, like John was saying on the last episode. Like they played in a restaurant and it sure. was like a restaurant and like 30 people showed up 40 people but it was insane mm. and the guy there was well into it as well and it was like mm. you just don't expect it like you're saying you like well you wouldn't get that would just simply wouldn't happen in Britain yeah, I mean exactly. Britain's, Britain is for all, all intents and purposes a very straight up straight down kind of place isn't it it yeah, doesn't yeah. you know quirky is literally for foreigners in the in the minds of most people. What do you mean? I mean, even that, there's that venue in Hull, the Adelphi, which is, oh, <coughs> excuse me. Wow. First, first sneeze of the year. I've been, to, been taking oh. a lot of zinc. There's my tip for you. Stop it. You can the, stop listening the, now. Is the, virus, is the virus spreading? No. Um, uh, the, yeah, those um, jokes about Corona be are hilarious, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, no, they're When not. people do those really hilarious jokes, because, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> where, where weren't we? Um, Talking about small venues yeah. in Europe, yeah. Yeah, you know, quirky in the... Well, quirky in the way that you want things to be quirky when you go to a different place and want to experience different things in your life rather than just flitting between a series of venues that look like Carling Academies or whatever. Yeah. Drinking drinking Carling and listening to the same Paying pay seven quid for a Carling as well. I mean, that's just... An, that's an affront to all of your genitals isn't it it's just a <laughs> just a horrible thing to ask of a person money was invented for that yeah exactly that's a, that's a fucking shocker isn't it so uh so there's that gig any other top gigs that you've played any standouts over your career um, um like there was standout well you know just just gigs you remember and the the older I get I get more more present at all of the shows I mean I could pick I could pick any of the last the uh the last tour we did in Australia um yeah. I I could pick any of those Australian shows the New Zealand shows were also fantastic but they were played to relatively smaller crowds who hadn't seen us before and so mm. there was a not a disconnect exactly but like a getting to know you uh vibe yes. 
But I mean, some of those Australian shows were just incredible. What, like, uh, what was some of the magical for me? Like I, yeah. I, I'd hope they were magical for for the audience, but like really, really magical. I was going to ask about that earlier. Like, what's the what's like the scene and the venues like out in Australia for for a British person that's never been out there? Well, I may may go there one day. Scene is difficult for me to to yeah. comment on. Really, I mean, there's there's lots of good bands. Mm. I mean, we managed to have uh, some good bands recommended to us, and I was I was happy with with pretty much every who, band who, that played who on supported, the tour. Who supported you? Oh, lots of lots of different people. Yeah. I mean, we had different we had different bands every night, so it's yeah. like. You know, a total of a total of fifteen bands or something. Oh, but yeah. I'd recommend checking all of them out, though. Yeah, you know, cool. it's really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, no, no complaints in that sense. But again, just a sense of, just a sense of occasion, a sense of an event. When, especially with the, especially just by weight of numbers more than anything else, the mm. Melbourne shows, which is, which is special. Yeah, and you feel in those moments. You, you know, you feel in those moments uh, just, a, just a satisfaction with how it all went. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I don't like it when people say they're humbled by things. Mm. You don't put yourself in a position to feel little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I understand, I think, what they're getting at. I just mm. maybe don't think that's usually the right word. Yeah, I think you feel in that moment, you feel as if everything was worth it. Yeah, definitely. Because there are a lot of other moments where you don't feel as if it's worth it. Although those moments are, you know... Few and far between, especially, yeah, no. especially with the ilk of, like, your bands, mate. Well, like, well yeah, but, <laughs> but you've got to, you know, there, there are some dark moments. Stood yeah. it, you know, stood it, uh, supermarket, supermarket, like, check-in like, lines, hoping that you've got enough on your credit card to pay for groceries or whatever. Yeah. Like, for me, it would always be an emergency when I was buying all of my groceries on a credit card for a month. Yeah. That's when I'd be like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. But luckily, I'm not currently in that particular cycle, yeah, so, okay. it's, so it's okay. But one, you know, really one of the regrettable things about having done it this way for so long is as somebody who really doesn't care about money apart from how it gets me through a year, yeah. how it's made me have to spend a lot of my time thinking about money. Yeah, is that is that is one of the most annoying things about not having a lot of money. Yeah. That you know, almost the less you have, the more you think about it. Hundred percent. You know? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah. it's quite uh, it, it can it can feel quite defeating that can it, it, it can and because um, also you feel very superficial. Um, how about the top three gigs that you've been to, or top few gigs that you've been to as a fan? So top bands that you've seen. You see, I'm not really a one of the, one of the reasons I started making music is because I've I saw some great gigs when I was young, say, which yeah. made me think about what rock music could be. But I've never really for, had for me at a gig what I really want from a gig. Yeah, which is why I keep doing gigs. You well, that's good. That, well, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. I mean, but you know, great things like I went to see when I was sixteen, Guns and Roses, because they were supported by my two favorite bands at the time, Faith No More and Soundgarden. Uh, where, this would have where, been where was that? Gateshead International Stadium in nineteen ninety one. Wowzers! And um, did and you see? Soundgarden, did, you, did you see? Sorry to interject, awesome. but did you see that Faith No More have just announced that gig with um, System of a Down, Corn, Russian Circles, oh, and nice. well, Russian Circles are a good. But yeah, band, but that's still. I mean, you know, yeah. that's a mysterious thing to announce, isn't it? So, but good luck to everybody. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, but you know, but, you yeah, but, go, but going, show, back, going back to Faith No More, though, like how was seeing Faith No More? Well, back they were then, well, they were fantastic. Like, you know, yeah. they were Soundgarden were probably my favorite band, but it was pretty. I saw Soundgarden live twice, but on huge stages, so you can't really fairly judge a band. Yeah, I think, um, especially a band who aren't instantly appealing to most of the audience mm. but they were pretty raw but uh, raw in a in an un, in an undignified way is what I'd say <laughs> a yeah. band can be raw and bring this primal energy and a band can be raw and just be sloppy yeah, and yeah, to me and yeah. to me it was just sloppy but that was followed by Faith No More who were just you know an incredible live band in so, terms of a performance just incredible so yeah so I'm, I've never seen Faith No More but I'm going to see them twice this year well, I've so. seen the reformed Faith No More and it's, it's fine yeah. but, but since 
love of music is an intersection between the time of your life yeah. and the the slight upward trajectory of a band and those two intersect and become a special memory. Yes. You might think Faith and More are a great live band, but for you they'll never be a great live band because they didn't happen at the right time in your yeah. life. And, you and, and, and to, to echo that, like I remember Queens of Stone Age was, and they're not an important band or very critical oh, to say, me anymore. Yeah. But back in the day when... They're considered I, to be. I, I'd still, I, yeah. even though, you know, even though the... Le- there's a, a legacy which is coloured again would be an exaggeration, but whatever. There's still a a band who are in generally for a, a big rock band well regarded, though. Yeah, aren't they? definitely. You know. But yeah, it's, it, you, yeah, you just said a very, I, I suppose, very important thing for me with like Queens of Stone Age. They were very important to me. At that That's time when you like, were learning to be you. I know exactly, <laughs> and they moulded me to who I am now. Really? Yeah, I know. Crazy. A massive. Um, so other than that then Faith and More Guns and Roses any other Uh, well Guns and Roses obviously Axl Rose came on with a big microphone with an end like a big like I don't know Velcro pink thing uh, pink thing not like these no but well like that but big and pink you know and ran around in Lycra um I'm I'm not averse to running around in Lycra. I just choose not to do it on a stage. I mean, I think people would enjoy that, McCluskey. Well, would they? Well, it's not about what people enjoy. (laughs) It's not what the music's for. I'm going to start a petition, uh, Falco in Lycra. So any other... No, I think, you know what? I think that petition will remain uh, unposted at gov.uk. Okay, cool. Uh, Well, I'm going to start a hashtag. It's, It's all right. And well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, any other musical influences though, like live? Uh... Just lots of bands. I mean, bands you play with. I mean, sometimes the kind of bands who maybe you go on tour with, who you weren't even necessarily the biggest fans of. Yeah. So as a result, you end up seeing some slightly different musical things or different approaches, which maybe end up influencing your music in some your music in some slightly surprising ways because as much as I love a lot of the bands I, I like that we've, you know, talked about mm. or whatever, like John and St. Pierre, Snake Invasion, all those bands, um, they're all very much coming from the same place. Yes, so sometimes it's sometimes it's like nice to, or so certainly informative to have a look at art which comes from a different place, mm. even if it's then just to then completely disregard it. Yeah. But, it but at the very least to have to have worked stuff through. Like, yeah, definitely. I, I sometimes think I've run out of song structures or knowing where I'm going to go in a song, but then I'll listen to a different kind of, I'll, like, different kind of music which structures itself in a slightly different way, like an Ella Fitzgerald album or something, yeah. and it'll give me an idea about what to do with the song, and that's not a normal rock way to approach a song by, say, dropping out, you know certain instruments that wouldn't normally happen in a rock song or the way a yeah. the way a melody was altered or doubled or whatever yeah. so uh so yeah so it it is good to listen to music sometimes i need to remind myself though <laughs> there's been a lot of because of because of andy gill um passing away uh, yeah. i've been I've, I've listened, R- 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 P andy gill yeah, yeah that's, like, a mass, that's a massive it's awful list, and you know i've so. listened to entertainment a few times in the last few days i'm yeah. i'm glad to say that a two-year-old really seems to like it so oh, in the same that's really good maybe, maybe she's aware of um your man from xtc's uh recent anti-semitic uh, comments because when xtc came on she didn't like xtc good. but she liked she was no i, I like xtc uh, ordinarily you see um but uh Yes, big fan of entertainment, uh, talking heads, and so far, uh, so far, uh, the cardiacs as well, cardiacs. So Do you know what cool. I was, um, oh God, you've brought up the cardiacs now, I want to, so funny enough, I went on a YouTube binge the other day, and I got deep back into, um, and I'm so gutted, I've never seen the, well, n- never saw the cardiacs, I suppose. Um, that those last few videos they did when they were in the studio and they were all just sat in that really tight. I'm room. not it, again. I, it's something where I have the music and, of which I which I enjoy somewhat. But yeah. there are people out there, particularly Michael Van Art yeah. of the band Ocean Size, yeah. who is I, th- I don't think completist would quite 
would quite uh, dis describe it. So, but you know, so one, one of the def definitely, definitely a great band. Yeah, one of the YouTube videos I then watched was him uh, like Venart playing on the stage. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would imagine that would be one of the first avenues you'd be. Uh, yeah. You'd be, you'd be led down, but it's good. I just tried it with lots of different you know, lots of different types of things. She's not sure about Elvis Costello, which is good because her, da her dad's still not sure about Elvis Costello. Certain songs work, <laughs> but other songs, I, I, other songs I just don't know if that's the voice. What, what I don't know if that's the voice I want in my ears. <laughs> so, so I'm, no, I do, you know, it, it's, it's good. Like I say, like I say some, sometimes it works, but other times I'm like, I get why, I get why she did that, Elvis. Yeah, you know it's apparent to me. You have a you have a you have a quality. So you, you think she's got a good grasp on music then already at a young age? Oh, how could she not? <laughs> oh, oh, just plugging the self arrogance up a level. There. That, that's the only time I will feel superior in any way. It's the, it's the only time I, you know, I mean, laughing is in general a spiteful, a spiteful notion. It usually implies laughing down. But that is the one time in my life where I know, <laughs> you know, I've said it in an interview before, but if she ends up liking the Smashing Pumpkins, then she's not going to college. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, just, it's as simple as that. And yeah. I love her with all of my heart, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's the kind of love you can't spell. It's yeah. off the fucking charts. But if she muse on the Smashing Pumpkins... It, I'm with I'm with you on that. I've had many arguments with people. Don't over have arguments. Don't have arguments. Just shut them out of your life. <laughs> I think Laura would disagree. <laughs> um, so to wrap up, this has been a brilliant conversation. But um, what's going on with? Um, I'm sure people will be eager to hear what's going on with McCluskey, Future Left, even Christian Fitness. Anything on the near horizon other than the two McCluskey shows that are coming up? Uh, we're doing yeah, there's the two McCluskey shows and then there's two in Scotland this year one called at the festival called Down the Rabbit Hole or something okay. um, another one which hasn't is yet to be announced which I probably shouldn't have mentioned yeah. there's another couple of McCluskey shows I'm looking at maybe a show or two in France although I have to work out a way why I don't lose money doing that <laughs> that's fair um which is which is difficult. It's it's unfortunate sometimes as a band. Once once things like uh, childcare and bills are involved, then yeah. there's uh, a lot less flexibility you have to do something which sounds a little bit cool. Um, but <laughs> That's fair but trying to do that with Future the Left, just trying desperately to make the time to write a, a new album. It's just because of people's schedules. I'm just reaching a stage where I just don't know how it's possible. Yeah, I, I want it to be possible, and, and will continue to to sacrifice weekends and stuff to try and make it happen. But it's it's not just that; it's like all being in different cities and with with childcare thrown in, it suddenly becomes yeah. incredibly incredibly complicated. But if it's like with anything, if it's important enough, we'll find a way around yeah. it, which means that we will find a way around it. Yeah, I know, and I know we, yeah. we spoke about it before, like, um, outside of this interview, like, you seem very, 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 very keen to do it, but it's just life, isn't it? It's, well, it's, it's life getting in the way. I don't have yeah. the ability to bend time yeah, and, yeah, and physical true. reality. Yeah. So uh, I've had a busy few months for various shows and things, yeah. so... There's been a bit of time freed up, so I'm writing on, working on some of my writing, writing stuff, but also I need to pull my finger out and do a little bit of songwriting as well. Like yeah. with like with any creative pursuit, if you put enough into it, put enough momentum into it, then mm. you start to get stuff out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. And and so that's I mean what you do and everything. The more you put into it, yeah. and it ends up building up its own momentum because mm. people notice a thing. Or it's the same with writing. Like the best the best way to ensure I write on Tuesday is to write on Monday. Yeah, um, 100%. Uh, it's, it's, it's locking down that time. And you've, hit, you've hit the nail on the head. It's like with the the podcast, for example, it's like Sunday, I know I've probably gone out for a few beers on Saturday night. I'm going to be at home on Sunday. You rock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you rebel. Going out for beers on a Saturday night. But Sunday is my podcast day, so I, I will do that. I'll wake up whenever... I wake up, it might be 10, it might be midday, 
But then I'll sit there, and regardless of whether I feel crap, it will be like, here's my laptop, I need to bash out a few emails, here you go. Like, I've got a day job, I do that Monday to Friday. Uh, I can't do podcast stuff during the week, so Sunday, Sunday is my day. Like, it's, it's the same thing, and I imagine that's the same thing with anything with any of the bands that I've interviewed or anything, everyone's got day jobs and you like, you need yeah. that. You need that, you need that time but where you go, this is my time to do that thing. I mean, I had a look on some of the people you've interviewed and generally speaking, yeah. they're younger and gen- generally speaking, they're less don't established. And they don't have kids but, and but, stuff, yeah. but also generally speaking, they're yeah. less established. Yeah. So they kind of even have to sacrifice more at that age. Yeah. But they also can sacrifice more. Yeah, Like, totally. for example, I would go away even... The last American to feature the left in 2012, I had to give up my day job to go on the tour. Yeah. And I made like one and a half thousand pounds, which is an amount I never would have expected yeah. to make from an American tour being away for a month. But when I came back, I didn't find a job for another three months. Yeah, so, so I ended up being lost that money. So I was, I was automatically even living in Cardiff money in just a shared house. I was. I was three grand down yeah. on already in debt. Yeah. And that is the kind of thing which becomes really fucking difficult. Whereas yeah. by virtue of the stuff we've done this year, sad to say, but when things make more financial sense, you've got a lot more freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, definitely. You know, as opposed to always always feeling you need to say yes to any stuff which makes money. Mm. Um, but yeah. But in some ways it's very healthy to have a day job mm. in, in because of a thing called a bank account. In other ways, because of your eternal soul, it's maybe maybe not so uh, maybe not so helpful. Well, on that grim note, um, <laughs> it's not well, grim. It's no. not grim. It's practical. <laughs> it's no. You got to you got to be you yeah. got to be aware of of stuff, yeah. and you can't you can't be surprised when uh, the the shortcut to happiness and success, which seems so easy and plentiful and like it would be so fulfilling. Yeah. It's actually really fucking difficult because yeah. it, because because a lot of people want to do it. Yeah. That you know you do have to you do have to struggle for it. But it's the struggle. It's it's, it's the it's, struggle it's, that <laughs> defines you. It's not the struggle that defines you. It's the music. Shut up. Brilliant. And on <laughs> that note, I'm going to end the podcast because that's perfect. So thanks, mate, for coming on. No that worries. Was superb. And uh, to everyone listening, I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>